the curse has been broken. And Hunter Renfro has done the job once again for the league. Welcome to, what are we up to? Week five of the Ocho Bowl uh, podcast review sessions. Uh, <laughs> not making a lot of sense. And it's probably just through to the excitement of the, the matchups that we had on the weekend. As always, Kamish Andrew O'Halloran joins me. How are you, Kamish? Uh, thanks for having me, Manny. And Mr. Curse Break himself, Chris Keane. How are you, Nintendo? Uh, yeah, no, nah, going well, thanks. I tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm less, I'm less disappointed about losing, and I'm more disappointed about and and scared about the curse being transferred to yours truly. <laughs> That's what I'm worried. No, well, if it does transfer, um, yeah, my services are for hire as a <laughs> premium curse breaker. Well, one from one. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. If all it takes is just chucking on a trench coat and going out in the rain and destroying your thousand dollar NFL cards, break a curse any day of the week. Uh, so Manny, we've got some breaking news. Oh. <laughs> just the high production value there. Uh, what do you got for us, Kinch? Uh, so a trade between the other two hosts besides yourself, I will be trading uh, oh, Thomas Gurley and um, AJ Brown to Keeney for Tyree Kill. Oh. Oh. This has derailed the whole podcast. I don't know what to say now. <laughs> <laughs> Gurley and Brown for Kill. Oh. It's a That's juicy big. one. It's a huge one. i tell you what, you, you've... The commission's just very slowly accumulated a very, very good lineup. With, I mean, oh, geez, to know about that from you, Tim. Yes, that's what we want. I don't know. I feel like you've just cursed yourself. You've just given away Tyreek for girl, well, basically. The curse, the curse holds no boundaries, mate. The curse has <laughs> taken over. It's good in your head. <laughs> Maybe it's in my bloodstream. I don't know. That's a that's a Fitzy type trade if I've seen one. I reckon just oh. you, you've traded. Oh. You've tra- I, in my view, you've traded you've traded Tyreek for Gurley because I don't think you can start AJ Brown. I've got to look at your team now. AJ, what? What? Oh, say, you are wait, joking, are you? I'd just say AJ Green. No, AJ Brown. No. AJ Brown. Yeah. Yeah, from Tennessee. Yeah, I guess he's back. But, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just used to my team, which has just my worst wide receivers, Ridley. So, who have you got? AJ Brown just takes Tyreek Hill's hey. spot. So, it's a damn But don't you have, you, you have DJ Moore, Evans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Guess he takes Tyreek's spot. AJ Brown is a stud. I don't know what you're watching. He's awesome. Uh, you know, he is. But uh, would you... Moore He's and Evans are better than him, aren't they? Say that again. Moore and Evans and Brown, who's your number three? Uh, at the minute, probably more, but yeah, probably Brown. But I mean, I, you, you needed a running back, I guess. Yeah. Gurley yeah. also has three very good matchups coming up. I think his next three weeks are um, at Minnesota, home for Detroit, at Carolina, who we just put 25 on. So um, you had three like weeks where he's probably going to score high teens, low 20s. It's, a, it's always interesting when a guy just traded him out trying to sell up the value 
of how yeah, good he's yeah. upcoming matchups are, isn't it? Yeah, I like that. It's, uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't a bad time. I promise. Here's why. One, two, three. <laughs> well, um, the, I, think, I, think the, um, I think what's happened, it's a bit of a perfect storm because I'm pretty high on AJ Brown um, as a player. Um, Gurley, I'm okay about. Um, I think he's, he's looked okay early. Um, I was a little worried about him at the start of the year, but he seems to look okay. The coach change is interesting. Um, and there's, there's still a half-decent offense. I just think... And the other thing that went through my mind is... Um, I really, Obviously, I really rate Tyreek Hill. I think he's um, could be the wide receiver one this year. He's on track to be that. Um, but he has scored in every game this year, and he comes up against Buffalo this week, which is a tougher matchup. He does have some nice ones coming down the road, but... Um, he's probably not going to score every week. Um, so who knows? Maybe it's a good time to sell him off. I don't know. I think it's a fair trade in general. Obviously, we both do. Otherwise, we wouldn't have done it. So it's it's probably fair for given the context of both your teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I've got to take two for one bit. because I've got Lamar and Andrews on buy next week. So when you've got to fill the tight end and the quarterback, I'm like I need to try and get an extra bench spot as well for. Help me with that. Yeah, fair enough. Right, well, that that's that's <laughs> kind of thrown the run sheet out the window. Not that there actually was a run sheet, but um, mm. I'm interested to get a bit of league review feedback from that from everyone else once that one goes through. Um, all right, let's let let's get stuck into it because it was a gigantic week. They all are at the moment, but this one in particular. Um, I'm going to just very, very quickly run through a couple of the highlights of the week before we just settle on what was the absolute head and shoulders highlight, and that was the old, the Curse Cup, which absolutely went down to one of the best finishes we've seen. So, first of all, um, myself and Dale, a bit of spite in that one. It's probably fair to say on the group <laughs> chat over the weekend. Um, Dale has admitted to me, and we'll probably get into this a little bit more when we, re- we review the game, but Dale's admitted to me that he... Uh, he basically got convinced by Andrew during the podcast last week when he played the Sher- Colonel Schultz. I know nothing <laughs> to start Schultz over Daryl Henderson, which cost him the game. So um, he got an absolute free kick when my three best players pulled out on Sunday morning. And that's why you get up at 3 a.m., folks, just in case, could pick up on that stuff. But at the end of the day, he had a couple of underperformances and I got the job done. Um, the other one that probably jumped out was it got pretty close in the end. The uh, fantasy team who's been flying, Jared, just dropped to to Reese by a few points, and that one went down to the the last games of the round. Curse breakers over Woodsy at a narrow one. Um, just Camo somehow gets to five and zero despite another deplorable score. Just very interesting how lucky that guy's been. And then barely even making it onto the headlines for the week was Cam just putting up a cheeky one ninety five. We'll definitely come back to that one in the review of that game. But the big one, the Curse Cup itself, Keeney and Fitzy, um, we might start with that. But just before we do, I'd, I'd love to just give you a bit of a play-by-play just for those at home who weren't following it closely. So first things first, the game started, what is it, 3 a.m., 4 a.m. On, on Monday morning. As usual, Fitzy doesn't get up. Fitzy wakes up a couple of hours later to see that he's basically lost half his team. Rogers was already on by, and then the um, Patriots-Broncos game had been called off due to COVID. He'd lost Harris, Judy, and the Patriots D, all of whom on his roster. 
Um, he'd already, I think he had Peter sent out to a buy going into the week and he had um, Fournette who hadn't played in the first NI game. And he's like, I'm probably not giving too much weight. He was texting me at like 5 a.m. going, oh, fantasy's joke. Oh, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, surely you've got to try and at least fill your line out. Like, there's still a chance. And he goes, oh, oh yeah, I'm going to, but oh, it's just a waste of time. The world's against me. He then inexplicably dropped two, his two running backs. So he drops Peterson and he drops Fournette, and he keeps a second defense on his roster. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute fitzy move. Brings in, he also had to get rid of his kicker. So that was another player he had a zero for, which he replaced with Myers. So he picks up a kicker. He picks up um, David Moore and Travis Homer as his running back and wide receiver that he needed to replace. And he picked up the Seahawks defense. The two position players he brought in combined for a total of 1.4. So he has dropped, he's dropped Fournette and Peterson, two genuinely in a year where running backs are to come by. He's dropped two genuine startable running backs, and he's got a total of 1.4 points. He then has Herbert, who he's also wavered, who comes out and puts up a gigantic 27 and miraculously gets the job done in the end. And we can probably talk a little bit about more about the finish to the New Orleans and Chargers game. But he wins by one point, sorry, 0.92, meaning the 1.4 got him the win. Those two guys, totaling 1.4 was the difference between winning and losing. It was an absolute belter. Keeney, reactions? Uh, quick reaction was good on you, Fitzy, because it's like, like as you said, you bring in Homer, um, David Moore, and the Seattle defense and the kicker, and you still win. Well, you know, too good sort of thing. Like, if I can't win <laughs> off that, well, you know, I don't deserve to win for starters. Um, I did text him, though, and say I was tempted to do the old add drop, all the kickers, all the defences, all that. Um, but it just kind of not how I roll, so I didn't do it. Um, turns out I probably should have. <laughs> no, I, worked, I found um, out the other week that doesn't actually work. You have to roster them oh, for really? a certain amount of time. If you pick someone up and drop them oh. straight away, it doesn't put them on waivers. How did so you find that out? You tend to test do it to Havers because there was two kickers left. So I was going to uh, make one go on waivers and then roster the other one and then force a trade with him. In week one, but when I tried to oh. do it, it wouldn't let me. Oh, I'll, tell you wow. one thing. I'll tell you one thing I didn't know is that I didn't know you could drop someone after they'd already played, but that's uh, yeah, that as long as they're one. on your bench, you're allowed yeah, to do right. that. Um, yeah, that's anyway, a... so anyway, but uh, it, it, <laughs> my initial thoughts are that the curse is pretty strong because, <laughs> like, the, the amount of Stuff that Fitzy had to go through to win by point whatever it was nine was phenomenal. Just quietly, um, Herbert broke a NFL passing record for a rookie on Monday night. Um, it included a dropped interception that went straight to Malcolm Jenkins' hands and just the curse got him and he just dropped the ball. So that would be minus two. It also included the Saints blowing an 80-yard touchdown with three minutes to go and I was doing the sums I was up by eight um, which is a hundred yards and a touchdown obviously and they had the ball with about four minutes left scores were level so I was like oh, well I think they're going to play pretty conservative try and get a field goal here he can't get a hundred yards in one drive as long as he doesn't um, rush it for like 20 yards or something you're, yeah, you're right as long as you don't run um, 
or if he hands it off or whatever. So I'm doing the sums going, I could be okay as long as I don't kick a field goal and then it goes into overtime. Overtime is my biggest problem. Um, and then all of a sudden, we just blow coverage and it's like an 80-yard touchdown. I'm like, oh, no. That's, <laughs> we're in trouble here because I can see what's going to happen. We're going to score and he's going to get the ball back. And not only did they get the ball back, I don't think much was made about how ridiculous the Mike Williams catch was into like triple coverage. He yeah. like up, gets horizontal and <laughs> brings it down. And that was the catch that won it for him. Um, yeah. Well, got him over the line. So, um, and then even through all of that, he still had to survive overtime where I've seen it before where it's a fourth down and they just chuck it up a prayer yeah. because they need to and the, inter- and the defense picks it off and there's minus two. So yeah, had to get all that and we still, still got over line. So I think my takeaway is... And the fact in overtime as well. Yeah, and the, the oh, fact in overtime as well that you had the running back. So there was, yeah. they could have rushed it for 10 yards which, and you're winning. Which there. I completely forgot about because he was non-existent in the game. So I was like almost not even bothering with him. Um, yeah. But it just shows kind of... He, he earned it the hard way. I am concerned it goes now <laughs> onto my team, but we'll see what happens. Um, but wow, and and just the extra layer on top of that was I go for the Saints. So it was a ridiculous <laughs> oh, situation where I'm kind of was... like I kind of don't want them to score and go into overtime. <laughs> I do because I don't. I care more about that <laughs> than Fitzy beating me, to be honest. But um, good on you, Fitzy. What well I mate. It was um, the thing that made it really interesting, and we talk about this kind of every time we have a good game. But the order of the games. So if you look at Fitzy's scores. His 27.36 was Herbert, which we just talked about, which came in the Monday night game. His 29.3 came from Thielen in the Sunday night game. He basically had no one else who scored anything. Like he had most at score 15 and um, Leviska Schnobs or 15. Going into the, like when almost every game was done for the round, because they'd already called off the Broncos and Pats, so there were two games to go. His score would have been like 40. Yeah, it, and um, he somehow just put up all these points in those last two games as well. It actually came up on, um, you know how they do a little summary for each game? No, oh, yeah. It came up that his, his team scored like 73% of his score on, on those two games. Um, <laughs> there you go. And the other oh, thing. Oh, wow, yeah. It's a good summary. Uh, 65%, yeah. Um, but the other, and the other thing, well, I mean, you can do this, you can do this for every player, so I don't want to get into this, but um, just that Seattle game was weird. Like mm. the Vikings were up easily, and I thought, well, they'll run the ball probably. Thielen might get too involved here. And this and the Seahawks score three in two minutes. And all of yeah. a sudden it's back to throwing it again. And he and Thielen was unbelievable. Like he was ridiculous. So it, and then he's a good it, player, so you can't complain about that. No, he, he's exactly if you are playing against Thielen, you just don't want the game to be close. Because as soon as it's close, we just use him for everything. Because he's just sort of the, the guy when it gets into that situation. And also um Dalvin Cook getting injured didn't help. And yeah, I get me started about that Seattle game. Well, we just have the worst experiences with Seattle as a Minneapolis, a Minnesota supporter. We're just oh, missed field goals, Blair Walsh, and every time we find a way of losing to them with a last-minute something or other. Oh, um, we also didn't touch on in the, the game as well, the field goal to hitting the post as well. Yeah, yeah, Good, oh, yeah. put him in overtime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so he's but, ahead. Yeah. Yeah. We've just got to kick the field goal and Fitzy gets the win. He hits the post, bounces out, and then suddenly he gets overtime to lose it. Not only did he hit the post, he hit the inside of the post. I, I don't know how that didn't go in, to be honest. Oh, and, uh, yes. I shouldn't have played the Chiefs minus one defense. That would have been... Uh... Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Actually, if you played no defense, you would have won. Oh. 
Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of my mantra is just to not play defense. Well, um, you had two defenses on your roster, so let's not move on before we discuss that because <laughs> Mr. I hate defenses himself has just gone, no, you know what? You can never have enough defenses. I'm going to roster two of them in the roster 50. Well, what can I say? Well done, mate. And uh, <laughs> let's... Well, it gets, it gets an important win on the board too, really. In, in, end of the day, like, it was a bad loss for me in the league and good for Fitzy. He's back in it, one and four, who knows? Curses off. Could be the start of something. Yeah, it could. Um, before we move off this one, Kamish, you're, as the man who lifted the curse, t- t- take this through. Firstly, you know, are you getting autographs from witches and Wiccan in the street? <laughs> just wanting to know how you do it or...? Oh, we're just keeping the lid on it. Just, um, you know, we've broken one curse. Let's act like we've been here before. Um, I am open for all future curse-breaking business. So I already offer my service to Keeney if he needs me in a couple of weeks if the curse has transferred. He says that's with a witch's hat sitting behind him (laughs) and a part of a broomstick sitting out of his cupboard in the background. It's it's funny, though, because the moment... That so I had, I had two players in the later slate of games. So they were George Kittle and Josh Kelly. Um, and the moment that Hunter Renfro caught a catch, their stocks just <laughs> went plummeting. It was almost like it flicked the switch. Hunter Renfro catches a forty-yard pass, and and George and Josh just—it's almost like they were hypnotized or <laughs> something something happened there i don't know you've got some powers mate i'm i'm legitimately scared and we're like i've made this trade tonight um basically out of good faith that i hope that i get some nice juju off the back of it. <laughs> you, mate. well um ben traded with him fairly recently for lamar jackson and ben just got 190 put up against him on the weekend so I'm not sure how good the juju is well let's move on anyway let's move on all right we've we've probably put Keeney through this enough um <laughs> and we'll we'll probably make it a weekly segment just revisiting the week five game <laughs> for you guys um all right well while we're on the curse breaker <laughs> and I must admit I had a big laugh when I saw the updated profile picture and team name for you Andrew let's go to your matchup um Curse Breakers 123, Cleats and Potatoes, Woodsy 119, could not get the job done. Um, what did you think of this one? Uh, so a couple of little, Derek Henry just not being in on that last drive was the difference essentially, um, killed Woodsy. And I was, during the week I offered him Gurley for Cup when he was trying to get a running back for Cup and he shut that down, which would have won in the game. And then also stop my trade this week. And then the last point was the 49ers D, just minus two points. He gets a D that makes two, uh, oh, he'd need three points from his D and he would have won. Who, who do you reckon is hanging on to a sinking ship tighter at the moment, Daniel Andrews or Woodsy with the 49ers D? Because there's, they're both, I've never seen such stubbornness of just not, not changing my ways. I believe in, you know, I believe in this. He, he, he just, if we hadn't made such a big deal about the 49ers day, I guarantee it would have been gone weeks ago, let alone still minus two. It's cost him the win. Like he's lost five points on detail. That's the difference. Yeah. It's, uh, I wonder if you'll, 
make a change this week. I, I had that written down as well. I, I did say he was a little bit stiff. Um, didn't have a heap of touchdowns. That Derrick Henry one's pretty prevalent. Just the other couple of points, Lev Bell, just with his news over the over the last couple of days, kind of that landing spot. If that ends up being in Kansas City, um, it'll be obviously a better a better situation for him than in um, in the Jets. But it'll be interesting to see kind of how they use him. Um, they're obviously still pretty high on on the rookie there, so. Um, it might be more of a committee approach, but obviously, even in a even in a committee approach in in Kansas City, it's going to be better than under Adam Gase. Um, and just the other one is Alan Robinson. Like, didn't score, but sixteen targets. My mm. goodness! Like he is Foles' man, and uh, he's in for a big he's in for a big year. And I think he gets some a couple of nice matchups coming up from memory. But um, just the just the way he just went to him at all all costs. Yeah, he gets Carolina. Rams are pretty banged up. The Saints defense hasn't been great either. So he gets a couple of nice matchups coming up. If you're Woodsy and you could pick where Lev Bell ends up, where would you pick? Well, me personally, I'd, I'd, you'd want him to go to a place where it's probably not going to be a committee. But outside of that, Kansas City, you just go, or, or like, this is ridiculous, but like Baltimore, if they didn't have Ingram, or just, just mm. a high powered offense. Um, mm. That use their running backs, and and Kansas City's that he's not going to cop any any eight man in the box stuff at Kansas City, um, so it's a pretty nice landing spot. Like he, or the Saints, somewhere like that. Yeah, Chicago yeah, I think, think would be pretty good. Like because they would have all the plays that they had designed for Cohen. That he would probably be just be better than Cohen. And then they sort of get down a bit, and then when they're down, Foles will dump off to him a bunch. How are you feeling, Steve, about... There was some rumours about Miami early in the piece as a Gaskin owner. <laughs> yeah, I, I look... Would, I, I wouldn't be thrilled, but... I mean, Gaskin's my third running back. Um, he's kind of more insurance because I, I never need to start a running back in the flex. So there's probably worse things that could happen to me, such as Mahomes getting injured or something than, than that. I actually reckon they're very unlikely. I think they're a, a franchise that's pretty clever with how they spend their money. Um, I don't think they just... I think they, they like him. I think they like Gaskins and he's cheap. So why would you branch out at Lev Bell? Like, I don't really understand the, the thing. I guess if you're spending money for Lev Bell, you, you're only paying it this year. So it doesn't... It's not the end of the world. And yeah, you're probably no. cheap-ish. Not, not like they're kind of on the edge of playoffs either. And, and I, I agree with you. A franchise that gave Dave Regan a job for multiple <laughs> years is clearly a very shrewd one. Yeah, but they and they don't they, they don't really need to to win this year. I just don't like they're not they're not challenging this year. So why 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 move? You know they've got Houston's pick in the draft. They got their own. Why make your own worse? I just think they'll have a solid enough seven and nine season. They don't need to go eight and eight nine nine and seven for no reason. That's fair. That's the Melbourne demons coming out of me. I tell you what, um, not that you would have started any different, but Andrew, had you lost this one with your wide receivers pairing for twelve points, and you had Mike Williams with twenty-seven and AJ Brown with twenty-one on your bench, it would have been would have been a bit frustrating for you. To be fair, I only picked up Mike Williams after the other two had already played because I dropped uh, okay. um, yeah, Gus the bus for him just to see if he'd have a decent game, which he did. So I'll probably be keeping him. He did look pretty good, didn't he? Um, all right, let's move on to the next one. Um, this one, 
shocking week all around for Jared, the fantasy team. So 112 got done by Reese with 116. Um, obviously, the big one here, Dak Prescott, brutal, brutal injury. Um, and so there goes Jared's not just number one guy. He's um, he's obviously picked up Stafford now, so he's got someone else. But he just the guy that he you know spent a fair bit of draft capital on him is clearly going to build his team around. He wasn't carrying a quarterback uh, otherwise, and um, also it didn't look great for Jarek McKinnon on the weekend with most of back clearly slotted back into that number two role. Yeah, that was a that was a big sit, wasn't it? He chose. Um... McKinnon with most of back over Montgomery. I mean, hindsight, easy to point that one out, but um, that's still that would have been a 50-50 call, I would have thought. Um, particularly with most it sort of being up in the air, I probably would have leaned lent towards the sure thing of Montgomery. But again, they played a good run defense, so and he scored with that's kind of why his score went up there. So I can see why he started McKinnon, but yeah, not great signs going forward with with him. Yeah, and I think, so Jared is probably the loss you could attribute most to the um, the Wednesday game here because if that game was 100% going ahead, he definitely plays Joni Smith over Evan Ingram because um, Joni Smith's, what, top three or four tight end. He scores mm. 10 points more than Ingram. He gets the win. Like it's, um, but, he, I mean, you couldn't, if you've got another option, you had to start Ingram because you didn't know if that game was going ahead. And then ends up being the difference. Yeah. I will say, though, this is the best two and three team maybe in OJ <laughs> history. Um, you look at the players that either A, got injured. I mean, Dak, he's going to replace, but he'll be fine. There's enough there to replace him. Um, but just just slot back in. Oh, he's got Stafford. Just slot back in Devontae Adams and Chris Godwin back in the lineup. You've got uh, Montgomery sitting there, Jonas Smith if he needs him, Austin Eckler when he gets healthy. It's not a bad little bench well, he's he, got. He, he, he just was... needs to get there. Yeah, he's won Robert Tonyan. Like, if Robert Tonyan hadn't gone off that night, he would be one and four. Like, that win mm. last week was massive for him. Ridiculous. But he'll, don't, don't, he'll don't you love the arrogance? Oh, yeah, he traded Tonyan, didn't he? Tonyan yeah. is part of that trade with Ekla. Oh, <laughs> Fitzy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah, the, the other thing here was um, I, I feel like I'm always harping on this, but you were. A bit uh, sorry, you. Uh, Reese was a bit stiff with regards to kickers and defenses as well. So, kind of glad he got the one for the justice win there because I, I just hate seeing when someone loses twenty points or ten points on defense and kicker, and it's uh, it's the difference between winning and losing. Well, has the curse been transferred to Jared here with that trade? I mean, that trade happened with after Dark, yeah. the curse. The trade if happened after the really curse. <laughs> It's true, and 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 if he didn't get injured, uh, he wins because there's no there's guaranteed Dak scores four more points with the rest of that game. Yeah, it's very cool. Bloody gruesome, wasn't it? You guys see it live? Yeah, yeah. it was very reminiscent of one we had at footy last year that I had a very up close view of. Oh, really? Sort of a meter away. It's like, yeah, it's exactly the same. Foot. How about the how about the commentator saying? Let's hope he's got cramp. <laughs> it's Troy Aikman, wasn't it? Without, without making light of it, his ankles sideways. Um, yeah. no, to be fair, like when he said that, it, it was, the camera was like you couldn't see the angle of the <laughs> ankle, and he was grabbing his calf, and I was like, "Oh yeah." And then they, as soon as they cut shot, I was just like, "Ooh." It's just funny, <laughs> like instantaneously, as soon as he said it, they like, panned away to his ankles. <laughs> and the other thing was 
was Tracy Wolfson about half an hour later coming in from the sideline, checking in, saying, guys, just confirming Dak is out with an ankle. He's out <laughs> the game with an ankle. It's like, yeah, thanks, Tracy. Thanks for the, thanks for the update. We didn't think he was coming back in. Uh, yeah. Jeez, it was, read it was, the play, Tracy. Read the play. <laughs> just the old the Tracy Grimshaw, the late news. Um, so just back on the game, um, one thing, how long is Reese going to stick with Ertz? He's another dud oh, game. He's useless, isn't he, this year? I'll tell you what, if Goddard wasn't injured, yeah. would have been the year. Would have been the year for him. But, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. They're a bit of a mess in Philly at the moment. Yeah. But, I mean, Philly looking pretty smart. They He wanted a new contract and they sort of gave him the don't argue. And now it's looking like a pretty good decision by them. I'll tell you what, though. He gets through Bol- like after Baltimore this week, which is obviously a tough tough matchup. He gets the Giants. The Cowboys, the Giants, the Browns, and the Seahawks. None of those defenses are any good at all. So in playoffs of Arizona and Dallas as well. So maybe, maybe that's why. Do you reckon um, we'll get to the waiver wire in a minute, which might over the course of recording this come through? But do you reckon? Well, did either of you guys bid on Travis Form? No, no. Do you reckon that there'll be much interest in him? Yeah, he'll go for 20-plus would be my prediction. What do you reckon? Like, I, don't know what everyone's, I don't know what everyone's dollar amounts are. They, they might be like, oh, no, yeah, there's enough money there. Yeah, I reckon he'll go for 20. What about Claypool? Where can he go for? Uh, 25 or so. More than that, 30, 30 to 40 in that range. Interesting. You want, adjust, you want to adjust your waiver wide bid, Steve? No, no, I do. I have a bit on Claypool. I'm not getting him. I mostly just did it so I could see what he went for when we talk about it later. Because <laughs> um, I, I guess I, I can say this because by the time people listen to it, it's all done. But I just don't get these people that see one big game on a wide receiver and then bid a heap on them because it, it's a different player every week. Like, sure, you, you can just wait two weeks and he's back on the waivers and get him for nothing. You don't need to bid 40 on him. So I did, yeah. it's different with running backs, but I think with wide receivers, it's just a bit of a bit random. Like I, I um, think it's you know you you have to sort of build that into when you bid on them. Like you you know you might be cutting them in a couple of weeks if they dud it up, but then if they end up having like that o, uh, Odell rookie season is the one that I think everyone chases. If he, mm. if he has that Odell rookie season, it you know wins you the league. Well, and you could argue Justin Jefferson's kind of. A decent example of someone who broke out in one game, and he's at the minute he's going pretty well, isn't he? He's, he's had on. one. Good, he's had a second good game, and then he was did nothing on the weekend. But but with that said, like he's he's the number two in that offense. The Steelers have Juju and Deontay Johnson, who got injured again in the first quarter. So then yeah. that helped him. They've still got James Washington. Ironically, in one other league, not that I like talking about other leagues on this podcast, but <laughs> I drafted. I drafted three um, Pittsburgh wide receivers, not Claypool. The other, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it'll be, someone will. That's the thing. With twelve people in the league, someone's going to get really excited and and have a big bid on. I, it. I mean, he's he's he showed flashes earlier. Just didn't have the the four touchdown four touchdown game. And to be honest, he had a fifth touchdown call back for offensive pass interference. He could yeah, have yeah, five. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> it was it was insane. Um, it was the other thing we we didn't mention on the Fitzy and Keeney game was that 
David Moore dropped a pass in the end zone, which was the other bit of the curse that would have would have been haunting Fitzy, which yeah. he wasn't watching, so we made sure we reminded him of it. Um, all right, let's move on to our next game, uh, the Mup against myself. Um, I got the job done with 131 over Dale 113. It was a lot closer than it probably ended up being just because Josh Allen had a bit of a stinker on the Tuesday night game. Only put up 16. He needed 34 or something to win. So didn't really get near it. Um, that was a bit of a surprising result. I don't know if everyone else thought that, but didn't expect Tennessee to be that much better than Buffalo. Well, um, only, um, I, I mean, I, I think the margin probably flattered Tennessee a bit. I think it was they were maybe a little better, but then they just got the turnover luck, like the one that bounced off the receiver's hands and um, you know a couple of things like that where it's, um, you play that game again and that luck goes the other way and um, Buffalo probably could have mm. just as easily won it. Mm. it. It was an interesting game. I certainly didn't think it was going to be that scoreline, but it's interesting. I'm pretty I'm pretty big on looking at teams that have a big game coming up and I reckon both teams looked ahead a little bit here with Buffalo and Kansas City both looking ahead to that game this week. Um, they both, you know, Kansas City played the Raiders and lost. Mm. Um, and Buffalo probably thought they'd just get over the top of Tennessee, no problem. Um, so it can happen a bit. But I think both teams are pretty good still. I, I still think Buffalo are better than Tennessee, which is sounds stupid, but um, they just had an off night. And, and Allen had an off night, still put up 16. So he's got a ridiculous floor, that bloke. So um, mm. top five QB lock in fantasy, you think? Especially if they get behind, because he just runs third down. Every time, yeah. like he's just kind of—he's like a running back racking up points. Um, yeah. Andrew, any thoughts on this one? Um, also, on your team, I thought, is it time to put Hayden in the hearse? Another whole <laughs> week from Hayden uh, Hurst. It's not bad. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yes, is probably the answer. I, I've been looking at potential trades for. Um, I haven't I haven't put any, had any offers yet, but I'm looking at potential trades. I need to get tight ends sorted. It's clearly my position of problem. Um, I mean, look, all I would say from my perspective um, is that I'm just very glad that I've managed to get to three and two with my like, pretty much the whole year missing my two best players. So Jones, I got a week out of him, and then he got injured, and then Thomas, I've never he's never played for me yet. So, like, you know, I just more. pretty lucky to be honest. One, one more week to go, mate, because I don't think yeah, all the Thomas on bye. No, yeah, well, this week, and Thomas is on bye, but um, and, and and ironically, Gordon's on bye. So the three I missed last week, I'm potentially missing again. Gordon's not on bye, mate. Gordon just had oh, a DUI. No, sorry, Gordon's on bye last week. Sorry, I'm looking <laughs> at the uh, now he's just done a DUI. Has he really? Yeah. As a Philip Lindsay owner, I'm reasonably happy with that. But isn't um, DUI, if not condoned, encouraged in the NFL? That's sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, missing, he's missing this week. Well, they haven't announced it yet as of yet. That's why it's massive. Uh, to look ahead, it's maybe the big decider as you two play each other. And, oh, you've, yeah. got Gordon, and you've got Gordon and Lindsay, so it's... Massive decision for the Ocho Bowl on what Denver do. I'll just play J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> you know what? I'm looking at the Broncos coach undecided on Melvin Gordon's status. 
Yeah, I don't know. It, it probably tells me it might be all right. <laughs> I don't know. Don't as, do a, as a PR practitioner, I reckon if you, you, you just come out and go, oh, actually, I don't know, because if you were going to play him, you'd come out and say we're playing him. But I think, like, if, if you're going to drop him, you just do it straight away, get it out of the way. You don't let it linger because you're just keeping the story around for a few days. Mm. Oh, well, that might decide things for us. Um, the other thing I just want to comment on, and it's purely for a rant, but anyone that watched the Seattle-Minnesota game and saw how much DK Metcalf put up all his points in the last two minutes of the game, it was a bit like Robinson, I think it was the week before for Woodsy. But, and the worst thing was when... When we, Minnesota, were fourth and one, if we make that first down or we just kick the field goal, it's a completely different scenario. But um, instead, we just gave DK Metcalf the, the space to go out and put up another 15 points. And interestingly for Tail, he caught that first touchdown pass and kind of got knocked out of his hands out of the side of the end zone. And I thought I dodged the bullet and then he just catches another one two plays later. As someone who has Lockett and was playing Rice, I was very aware of what was happening in that drive and not happy about it. He's a good player, Metcalf, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I, that's one of my talking points I put was just, is he now a top five wide receiver? Is he... Like, he's, he still doesn't get the targets of the top five, but, I mean, five touchdowns, over 90 yards every game. So, it's... I mean, he makes the most of the targets he gets. Mm. Mm. He was behind uh, AJ Brown in college. There you <laughs> go. Um, interesting game. I will be interested to see. I think we talked about it a couple of podcasts ago. Just um, Dale's lack of depth at the RB position now with Dalvin Cook. I don't know how long that injury is going to be, um, but that's a big one, isn't it? Dalvin Cook going down. Um, I think it's so. He's out this week, and then they've got the bye. So I think he'll be back after the bye. Well. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because I, I did check who plays him in week seven because Dalvin Cook's got the bye. So does Jonathan Taylor, his other running back. Um, and I am delighted to announce it's me. Who gets <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so that'll be fun. So, so we've just established in the last five minutes, you get to play me this week without my three players and you get to play Dale the week after without his two running backs. Jeez, some, some people have it. Not lucky. The curse yeah, yeah. is lifted. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you lose the both of them, the curse will be absolutely as strong as ever. Um, right. All right, cool. Probably nothing else we need to say about that game. Then the final two games, um, oh, look, this one, Slayers, it was just an absolute stink fest, wasn't it? Camo gets to 5-0 and with 103.2. Haver just puts in an absolute shocker with 81. Camo, Camo with the second worst score in the league and gets the win. That's always handy when you're 4-0. Oh, I'll tell you what. Comment He's... on the fact that he needed to uh, make a move to win, and I stand by that. Well, he's, he, is there, you know, we've talked a lot about the curses on this program, but is there anyone that's been luckier than Camo? He's also this week just had, just had a cheeky Dalvin Cook injury, so Alexander Madison just suddenly, you know, he comes oh, also... off track. But he also on that, it's also the week that Jacobs has the bye. So he, he has his uh, best running back on a bye and now he gets just a RB1 to slot straight in. Just It makes you let's hope, Let's hope Lev Bell goes to Chiefs. So he's got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Cop that, Camo. 
Yeah, he, he deserves something to go wrong. Um, Juju's not looking great, though. It's just a, I don't know. It's, I, I'd be interested to see what Camo thinks, how the year's going. Because on one hand, you'd, you'd be thrilled with 5-0, and o, but you look down that roster, it's not probably looking as good as you expected it to be at the start of the year. I don't know. You guys predicted him to win it all. Are you, are you still on the Camo bandwagon? Well, it's, it's just his roster, like, I mean, part of it, he has been lucky, but then he has a roster where, like, his wide receivers, one of them is nearly always going to go off. Like, Allen, Beckham, and Juju, even if they don't have a good week, one of them you think will have a good week. And then, like, Jacobs and Alaire, you know, they both... Jacobs has been pretty good, and then Alaire's probably disappointed a little bit, but they're both still going to... Like, they're not going to put up zeros for you. And then Murray's been great. So, you know, he has a consistent roster, so... Yeah, I mean, you do make a bit of your own luck in that he still put himself in a position to not get uh, 64. Mm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, though, like, the, the some of his depth players are guys like Brandon Cooks, who the epitome of hard to start, he has zero last week and then puts up a 30 this week. Like, that is classic Brandon Cooks. Um, mm. But throughout the bye weeks, I mean, he's the type of guy that you just plug in there and hope he... Hope he has one of those days, which he's capable of, which could could get get you the win in any given week. So, I think he's I think his team's still in obviously in the top half of this league. Um, whether it's in the in the pointy end is is still yet to be seen, but um, I think it's strong enough. He's clearly one of the ones to beat because he'll be there. We use yeah. always locked into a playoff spot, and um, he can make some moves with that in mind. That's right. And as we mentioned last year, no one misses the playoffs from five and zero, so he's there. You'd assume, um, and also a lot, a lot changes. Like, look at the starts of this year. How many injuries we've had? If you think of the draft, pick one's gone down injured. Pick two's gone down injured. Zeke's still standing, and Kamara's still standing. Adams has missed games injured. Cook's now injured. Edwards Hilaire's had Lev Bell brought in. Um, it's Michael Thomas has been injured. Like Derek Henry's been healthy. So what's that of the first ten? I think that just went through. We've had three. We've had. Not injury-interrupted years. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon this game as well further emphasised <laughs> that the bye weeks are coming, and just with Havers's team, um, just it's really hard when you've got star players that are missing, like Aaron Jones, Kenny Golladay, mm. both on bye. It just makes it really hard to put up top-end score when you. It just challenges your depth, and if you don't have decent depth, then it's hard to put up one twenty, one thirty in these bye weeks. So it'd be interesting. The next few weeks are always interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. The, the other thing I'd just comment on Haver's team, I reckon it's showing up as the year where maybe streaming quarterbacks wasn't such a great idea because there's probably sort of eight or nine that are just head and shoulders above the rest of them, at least week to week. You're going to get a fluke every now and then, as Fitzy did with Herbert this week, where you get one off the waivers. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's he's kind of conceding 10-plus points when he's got to start Kirk Cousins against one of the A-graders most weeks. It's a tough position to start from. Mm. Okay. And then the last one of the round. Um, geez. He's not a friend of the podcast because he refused to appear in the preseason, but 195.06. Uh, Cam just 4-1 and one looking pretty nice. And as you said, a better performance from Ben, 111, but not enough for the chocolates. Goes to 0-5. Yeah, he's well, looking ominous. What, 14 points was his lowest score from his kicker 
Um, and then his position play is 15 points was the lowest. Um, and Ben had a pretty decent week for his team. Like he, uh, besides Matt Ryan putting up a dud, um, you know, he's still a serviceable game from Ben and he just gets blown out of the water. It, disheartening for Jutsi. Who um who holds all our stats? I forget who that was. Uh, Havers. It was Havers, yeah. Can we Havers? Can you you get onto this, mate? Is fourteen as your lowest score out of any player in a given week? Is that that's got to be up there, doesn't it? That's insane. His kicker scored fourteen. That's as low as he went. Oh. I was getting a cheeky. What do you got? Twenty six from his defense. Yeah, yeah. Oh. forty from yeah. the kicker defense combo. That was nearly my whole score two weeks ago. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's outrageous. Um, uh, good on it's, it's a good team. Gee whiz. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's funny fantasy though. Like Mike Davis is one of the best running backs in fantasy at the minute. And in three weeks time, he might be irrelevant. Mm. It's, just, it's insane. Um, because you just think if CMC is back, well, it's hard to, for them to feature Mike Davis. Yeah. Um, but the rest of his team's absolutely um, flying, really. CD Lamb's just about the number one in Dallas at the minute. He's got Terry McLaurin, who he just decided to bench, which was a great move. Noah Fant is on by. He's getting healthy. Um, Darren Waller, he can play in his flex if he wants to because he's a beast. Um, he's pulled the right rein with the running back in Tampa Bay. Um, wow. It's just a really solid team. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's looking pretty good. And then and then he got Peterson off the waivers because I, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't realise that because he was on bye, he only lasts for one day. So he got him for nothing. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I never want to put Adrian Peterson in my team. I'm, no, I'm but, against uh, Charles Peters. He's oh, oh, that's a bit <laughs> of a moral stance there. Um, really interesting coming from a wizard who goes out and stands <laughs> around a cauldron and chants to the the gods or something. Um, the <laughs> maybe, although it didn't didn't work out so well for Keeney. Um, the the thing with the Peterson is like in bye weeks, he's a starting running back that you can just pop in. And, you know, you might get eight points or something, but it's better than having to start someone yeah. like J.K. Dobbins. Absolutely, and well, not necessarily, but um, <laughs> I didn't know you were going with that example. But the fact that he has happy fire is a is a massive plus. You don't have to worry about that. As you said. True. That was the other appeal with uh, the great AJ Brown. He's had his buy, so Tyreek hasn't yet. So uh, that helps. It's a very so good call. Back to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, of you and, and, and there was a mention of Havers, um, and since you guys dropped a trade on me halfway through, um, I've, I've got a bit of news for you guys to drop. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me cue up the oh, stinger. Wow. <laughs> Here we go. So next week, we're going to have a special segment on the podcast, which is going to be a new segment called Havers Stats, uh, where Havers himself is going to join the pod, take us through some of the insights he's been able to glean from the, uh, the ripping spreadsheet that he's built together over an inordinate amount of hours over recent times. Um, on that topic, and I'm not going to take too much of his thunder ahead of next week, but I, I did just want to... Uh, before we move on to the previews for next week, because I see the uh, the waivers haven't cleared yet, 
I did just want to share with you guys a couple of the updates to the, the numbers we were sharing last week. Um, I think last week we talked about the fact that Dale had the best drafted team. Um, Cam, probably unsurprisingly, has moved into that position now with a just ahead 913 total score for the year so far, a weekly average of 182. Um, there's not a heap of other movements on that, on that um, spreadsheet. The only thing I'd probably add there is having looked a little bit more detail at the numbers, I think there's huge advantages for the guys that drafted two quarterbacks, disadvantages for the guys that didn't draft a defense or a kicker. Because if you picked up, um, like to use my team as the example, a Devonta Freeman in the last round who wasn't even on a list, or as Havers did, an AJ Brown, you're getting zero points. Whereas if you take the defense, you just get kind of a standard eight or something. Yeah, players that got injured early, like just looking at, I've got it up here, like I drafted Paris Campbell. And then he had zeros for since he went down with his knee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Woodsy's boy. Woodsy's boy, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Woodsy was so stiff to lose that week, wasn't he? Um, <laughs> well, that's a nice segue to our weekly best and worst coach. So Woodsy remains the best coach. Average of minus 5.96, which again probably just tells you he doesn't have any players on the bench who are scoring. So it's pretty easy to set your lineup. Um, Jared remains the worst. <clears throat> Fitzy's moved up a little bit there after his genius coaching on the weekend. Um, he's got a total of minus 17. Andrew, you've moved to second last now with a minus 22.5 per week. Coming for um, you, Jared. <laughs> now, I will say it's very clustered in the middle there. You got so Woodsy at minus 5.96, then you got Havers at minus 12.5, and down to Dale in 10th at minus 18. So it's pretty. Pretty tight in there. Um, and just on the point of Fitzy, I can tell you that he's he left uh, – where are we? His optimal lineup for week five was 105.6. And he – sorry, his optimal lineup was 115. He scored 105. Oh, so he was 10 points down. So that was obviously the Sammy Watkins not starting. Um, but he was, he was pretty close this week. So anyway, we look forward to next week getting Havers on just to talk us through some of the rich numbers that he's sort of spurting out of the algorithms at the moment. It's outstanding. Like it's Probably not as exciting as a trade, but it is always a party with Havers. And in the year of the Haver, there's no better time to listen to him. <laughs> All right, let's move on to previews for next week. And if the waivers come through, we'll just, <laughs> we, can, we can talk about that at the end. Does that sound all right? Yeah. Yep. All right. So um, I can give us the run through, and if I might just give you guys the uh, the floor. Why don't we start with the big mono and mono matchup? Keeney and I, um, three and two, two and three, both in that bottleneck in the middle of the ladder. Um, although, as usual, one game difference. I'm fifth or tenth, so it just shows the uh, how tight it is, as always. Thoughts? First, uh, first thought is that uh, you may may want to research a bit more on Melvin Gordon. He's projected for zero, so that might yeah. be a clue as to what might be happening. But uh, these projections are clearly ridiculous because the, the great goggles is only seven point six, so clearly they're way off. They're at least <laughs> a ten point. They're, they're ten points off. It seems. Only so the report on NFL.com is that he's going to make a decision by Thursday or Friday on Melvin Gordon. 
So you, you've got time, uh, Keeney, to maybe send a couple of emails with a couple of checks off to Vic Fangio. And I've just slotted Philip in. I'm confident he'll be the lead man <laughs> against. That's oh, it's not a very good matchup. Yeah. It's no. Maybe I should. up my bid on Claypool. I'm going to need someone <laughs> to start this week. I've got everyone else's on buy. Yeah, probably shouldn't mm. mention anything, but uh, <laughs> no, it'll be, be a good matchup, I think. Um, always, it's always scary going up against Paddy Mahomes, particularly off a off a loss. He should be reasonably motivated. I think Buffalo's defense hasn't been as what we'd expect they normally are um, this year, so. That will be interesting. Julio's also in your lineup at the moment. I'm not sure he's going to play either. Um, so I may get a bit fortunate here. If my squad's good enough, I think I can win. But if it's cursed, I don't think it matters. <laughs> Man, just, just, if it's cursed, we'll know because Gordon will play and he'll be the number one man and he'll go off. So one wow. of my talking points on this game as well was it looked like it was going to come down to a Tuesday of Mahomes versus Hill, but uh, now it's just uh, points versus Mahomes. You've got the Chiefs defense as well. And I'll have the Cardinals defense still to play at that point too. It, it is going to be one of those games because um, you've got the Sunday night game with Kittle. So we're going to be on 60s or something going into the end of the Sunday games and suddenly... You know, we're prime time. I'm normally on the 60s at the end of the week. If you're in the mood for another Nintendo this week, I'd very much appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. Jeez, I'll tell you what, I've got a couple of guys who could put up a Nintendo on their own, I reckon. If Calvin Ridley has no Julio and just goes off, you never know. Mahomes, is, Mahomes with his 40 from a few weeks ago showing that he can get in the vicinity. All right, um, let's move on to the next one. The potentially cursed fantasy team coming up against the cleats of potatoes. Mm, this one's a big one, isn't it? And Chris Godwin goes straight in. Devontae Adams goes straight in. How's Devontae Adams projects for 20.6? Um, so obviously uh, two big names just go straight into the lineup there. Russell Wilson on by for... The great meat and potato. So we'll see how he goes with Tom Brady at this stage slotting into a nice matchup on paper against uh, Green Bay at home. Um, so what do you think, Andrew? What, what, where are you leaning initially on this one? Uh, I think with Jared at the moment, but I mean, it does look like it's going to be a tight one. But I mean, this is a massive game for Jared. Like he wins and he's three and three. He's got his most of his players back. He's looking like he's going to push for playoffs. He loses, he's two and four. Like, you've got to win. You can't make any mistakes from two and four. So it's, yeah, if, if Woodsy can get the win here, it's going to be tough for Jaron. Interesting well, to I... see Woodsy just refusing to let go of the San Fran defense still at this point. Mm-hmm. Still got him in. And Harrison Butker, who also cost him the game last week. Um, I think I have to go back and have a look, but you won by four, didn't you, Andrew? Ah, uh, yeah. Just over Which four. I'm pretty sure I'm just going to check this right now. He, yeah, if either his 49ers defense, so you beat him by five points in the defense and six points in the kicker. So both of those guys that he's been raving on about each cost him the game, not even combined. 
Jeez. Fantasy pros needs an angry letter on that one, I reckon. Yeah, they do. It's uh yeah, it's an interesting one. He's also kept Jeff Wilson on the squad, which is perplexing. Um and and Lev Bell, will he be tempted to slot him in over Rexy, sexy Rexy Burkhead, um, pending where he ends up. There's obviously been a bit of interest for him this week, so it would be a risky start, but um, so would Rex Burkhead. So, yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting one. I see. One of my questions is: Can Woodsy get a second running back? It's uh, even if Bell gets picked up, you think he's, you know, he might get in for a couple of plays, but you would think that wouldn't use him that much to get him up to speed. So, can he finally trade Boyd for a running back? Well, based on his response to my Gaskin question, I don't think he's going to because he won't accept anyone. The irony is just. Phenomenal. He's just, yeah, someone, I don't know. As someone who who just pots blokes who apparently don't draft running backs and he's ended up with a squad with <laughs> Rex Burkhead in their lineup in week six. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Remember hey. the good old days when he started Jeff Wilson? Well, my, I've got a theory on Jeff Wilson. Does he not want to cut Jeff Wilson because he's worried he might accidentally cut Russell Wilson instead? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one, as I always do with Woodsy's games, but it's a massive <laughs> one for my too. Like, if Woodsy can grab it, four and two, that's a really nice position to be in. And as you touched on with Jared, he, whilst his squad is, I think, in the top two in the league, um, he needs to start getting some wins. So, um, big game. So, is Woodsy's record, he's three and two. I mean, you can only beat who you come up against, but he does have wins against Fitzy and against Ben. Um which is, you know, so one and two against competent teams. <laughs> well, put it put it this way, I'm I'm feeling okay in week nine about me fifty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, um... What is the market for that game at the moment? It's probably a dollar ninety each, isn't it? It's pretty pretty close. Uh, you have to look at bye weeks, but yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. I um I know we haven't been doing predictions, but maybe we should start. Um, my money would be on Jared for this game. Uh, the the rationale is less about fantasy players and more about, I just reckon Woodsy is in uncharted territory for himself, never finished above seventh, doesn't really know what it's like to mix it with the big boys. And I just reckon the prospect of getting to four and two might just get him a little bit wobbly at the knees and he just doesn't really know what to do. And he'll just, he'll make some ridiculous lineup decision. He'll, you know, put, Jeff Wilson in instead of Derek Henry or something and cost himself the game. And, le- and let's be honest, three and three is a real meat and potatoes sort of record, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> right down the line. It sure is. Um, Kenny, what's your tip on this one? Uh, as I said, this is nothing against against Woodsy. I think Jared's team is one of the best in the league. Um, so, And he gets, he gets Godwin and Adams back this week. So I'll be tipping Jared as well. And Andrew? Yeah, you get it. I think... Jared's team uh, just is the instant tip unless, you know, the other team has exceptional matchups or something of the, of the case. But I will say, Jared, fair can get the win, mate. We can't just keep tipping you every week and you can't, <laughs> uh, can't rip off a nice score and not win. So get the win, please. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I love that you gave that speech, particularly after it was the first game we've ever given tips on as well. You're Ryan, what are you doing? Yeah. And I was against Woodsy. <laughs> All right. Um, next game, Year of the Haver comes up against the Curse Breaker himself. Tell you what, you would not want to mess with a man with mystic powers, particularly after just 
everything fell your way against Woodsy last week, not to mention the uh, Fitzy curse. Uh, Keeney, what do you reckon? Well, I, I had to do a double take. I saw Tyreek Hill in his wide receiver. <laughs> he a heart attack, but uh, just remember what happened. Uh, <laughs> but uh, my question to you, Andrew, is just Cam Akers, how do you feel about – like, I know you don't have him in your lineup right now, but how do you feel about that Rams backfield as a whole? It's just – for me, it's hard to predict at the moment. Yeah, I mean, there's – I. Because I had Brown originally, I picked, I had him up before uh, week one, and then the more I watch it, the like, the more I think they're just waiting till they can get Acres in there. Like, I mean, they say it's a hot hand, but you know they've said they're going to give Acres more touches this week. Um, Henderson was good, and then they went straight back to Brown. Like, it's um, I think they're just as soon as Acres ha- can sort of string a couple of games together and he has a good week, they'll make him the they'll give him most of the touches. Like, And when at the start of the season, he was the one who was on the field at the start. I think they spent, what, a second rounder on him. They want him to be the star there. Well, no, if not the star, the get 50% of the touches. Yeah, I I feel the same way about someone in Baltimore, but um, <laughs> you never know. I mean, how about this one? I mean, I know you are without Tyler Lockett this week, but Alvin Kamara... On bye week, that's a nice little break for you. Yeah, I mean, I would. If you asked me pre-game if you could have Lockett and Kamara get the same score, you take it. So, I mean, yeah. that's a good trade for bye weeks. Is, yeah. is this the second time you've played Havers? No. Oh, so when you said you tried to do the kicker thing to him week one, it was not because you were playing him; it was because you wanted him to trade you. Yeah, I was like, I was just going to get one of his bench players for a kicker. Right, um, gotcha. but yeah, wouldn't let me do it. So then. A um, couple of things for me. I reckon, just looking at your lineup again, you've got a pretty good lineup now. You've got Lamar Jackson, Joe Mixon, uh, Sanders, and then Tyreek Hill um, and Tyler Lockett, and then Mark Andrews. You're probably just one gun short of having a full lineup there. Um, you sort of go right to. He's, he's all right. <laughs> he's good, but he's not, not the same level as those other guys, I reckon. Maybe, I guess. Lockett, really. Uh, like preseason, you could have argued those two were on par, but I don't think you'd probably say that today. But what you've given away, though, looking at your roster, is you've given away all your depth to achieve that. So a couple of injuries, and you're, you're in a little bit of trouble. Um, one comment I just wanted to make, just as people that like numbers, and I know Havers will be getting closer to the transistor as I start to talk about this. Um, at the moment, you're. You're currently sitting sixth on the ladder. I'm in fifth. Points for both of us, 627.86. So I'm ahead of you on tiebreak on points against. Exact same points for. After, and same wild. wins, obviously. We're both three and two. So there's just a little numerology stat for you all. When you look wild. at points for, so Woodsy's in third on 638 and Camo's in... Um, Twelve, uh, nine with six twelve. So, like mm. twenty six points between six people is pretty uh, tight in the middle pack there. Hey, I've got fair. another one for you, mate. I've got another one for you. Has anyone ever been five and zero with the ninth highest points <laughs> four in the league? I can't talk because my points four would be horrendous. I'm guessing. But you're tenth. You're tenth. You're just behind you. I want to be worse than that. Um, but where are we? How's that? But, yeah, your point is it's pretty close, right? 
And I'm looking right. at your, your team, Andrew. You'd be pretty comfortable with where you're sitting at the minute. I mean, you're three and two. You, two losses have come against the undefeated Slayers, Camo, which we just mentioned, um, and another member on this podcast, Stephen. Um, so kind of the reverse woodsy, really. Some two stronger competitors in the loss column. Um, <laughs> so, I think all in all, pretty pretty good form lines for your good self. Yeah, I think oh. I was a bit unhappy. At the start of the year, I was not happy with my team, but uh, with all the trades I've made, I'm, I'm starting to like it a bit more now. And um, I, um, like if I, I'd take three and two, I think you take three and two every year. Like with your team being relatively healthy, um, and then like Mixon looks like he's actually getting touches now. Sanders is just good. Um, you know, Lamar now Hill and Andrews like they're all sort of top three at their position. So yeah, not hating my team anymore. Yep, and um, just just quickly before we give a prediction, I think um, just looking at Haber's team, he gets a nice matchup with Kirk Cousins. I know we we're talking about him before, but. Um, that Atlanta secondary is horrific. Um, so if Kirk can't put up a 20 against them, he probably won't for the rest of the year. Aaron Jones comes back into the lineup, which will help massively. Golladay against Jacksonville comes back into the lineup, which will help as well. So he does um, miss Kamara this week, but he does have a, uh, a couple of nice backups there. So I, I actually think this one will be reasonably close. I'm going to go with Andrew, but I think this is a 10-point game. This is close. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go... Havers, um, and not based on any logic because clearly all the projections are going to make Andrew win once he has a defense, but just going to go with my heart. And I just reckon <laughs> it's just got a bunch of gutsy guys on there. I reckon when you, yeah, when you, when you spend that much time dealing with evil spirits, some of them are going to get stuck to you at some <laughs> stage. And I just reckon Icarus style, you might have just flown a bit close to the sun. So my money's on Haver on this one. He's brought out. He was also in the Jarrett spot in that he has a good team, but then I mean he could be if I get the win this week, um, two and four as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Big week for Havens as well. Mm. I, I reckon my boy Kirk Cousins could just go off against the Atlanta defense. All right, um, next one, Ben, just desperately looking for a win, and he's got Dale this week um, on a bit of a. Well, it's a bit of a down week for Dale, given he's he's got a couple of injuries and the buys um, particularly favourable. I guess he only loses one guy, which is Metcalf. That's a bad loss. Uh, what do we think of this one? Is this the week that Ben gets on the board? It's the only winless team, yeah. It is. Yeah. A, it is a big one, Metcalf, because the replacement player is is Patrick from Denver at the minute. So um, I think we mentioned him last week, but. Um, that, that's kind of what you got to measure it against is who who's coming in to replace him. Um, there's a racing there's a racing term that I, I talk to a lot of my mates about. Um, it's really just an acronym, and it's EPC, and that that applies to Ben this week, which is every possible chance. <laughs> and, and that is that is Ben against Dale this week. EPC, mate, get it done. Tell you what, he uh, I've got some got some comments. For Dale, and, and and they are as follows: If you you're two and three, you're not super happy about how your season's going. Here's a few little tips for you. Firstly, stop carrying two kickers. You're completely <laughs> wasting a spot on your roster. 
Secondly, we laughed about this Kevin Coleman IR spot a few weeks ago, and I know he's not really taking the spot, but he's literally doing nothing, and he's not even going to be the number one running back when he comes back. So just, you know, stash him if you want, but it's just it's a pointless move. Um, thirdly, you started Schultzy last week because uh, old Colonel Schultz got in your head and cost you the loss. You've now benched him, but you're starting a guy that's not playing in flex instead, so just maybe <laughs> have a little think about that one. I know Schultz, he might have let you down, but probably he's more useful than an injured Delver Cook. So uh, just just keep that one in the back of your mind. Um, yeah, I don't know. Look, not a lot I can say, but I agree. I think if Ben's going to win one, it's sort of the cards are falling in his favour for this one. So this is he's got every chance. Does Does Ben need to, and without putting thoughts into people's heads, because I know some people got offended by that last week, but does Ben need to do a trade at some point here? Oh, and five. I think his name's better than that. But you look at his bench. He's got Will Fuller, um, Hollywood Brown. Um, who else was there that I saw? That if, if, a few good players there, like Hooper, um, Johnson, yeah. Jones has got some value. Like, I think his team's pretty good. Um, and and that decision around playing Hollywood Brown or, or a Robbie Anderson or a Crowder this week is, is a pretty big one, really. Yeah. Well, he we said it. Uh, you know, he just... Yeah, I think Ben's problem is... Like, while running backs are obviously normally pretty important, this year it just seems they're, like, no one wants to give them up unless you're getting something really good. And, like, all these wide receivers are good, but not super, like, they're wide receiver twos. They're, everyone sort of has a wide receiver two already. So I think when people start getting hit with buys a bit more and maybe an injury, he might be able to get a, um, a running back for one. But, I mean, that's what he needs. He needs a running back that he can sort of slot in. But no one really wants to do two wide receivers for one wide receiver, which is sort of, you know, the foils of having that many wide, competent wide receivers on your roster. Well, and this was what we said in recent weeks when he made the trade with you for Lamar because he picked up just two more wide receivers to throw into that silo of wide receivers yeah. well, that he's got to now that But 40 bucks of his fab or whatever he spent on Justin Jefferson as well. <laughs> exactly. Whereas, yeah, if he'd spent that on... Um, uh, running back. Like, if you got Mike Davis instead, I think that was the same week. Yeah, Gaskin's um, twenty-two. You know that I got him for. Yeah. Like, there's there's been guys you could get. Obviously, it's hit and miss because you don't know. It's easy to say in hindsight, but but but, but you've got to be bidding on running backs and you know. Yeah. Hoping well, look, you get uh, some people inside the mind of a Ben. He look. Is some managers are more dedicated than others, and I would say Ben is on the lower spectrum of that in this league. So, if you want one of those wide receivers, don't wait for Ben to send you the trade. You have to send him the trade. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. Right. Okay. So speaking of spectrum, uh, Dale versus Ben. Nice little segue for you there. Um, who's our tips? I'm going Ben here, and I'm all, my excitement as well. Kenyon Drake v. Dallas, the late Tuesday game. Dale has no uh, players left on the Tuesday. So Drake hasn't been playing well, but I mean, Dallas's defense has been atrocious as well. So hopefully it's close enough that we just get a a nail biter on Tuesday evening for another, to break another duck. Kenny? Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm going to agree with you here. I think Ben can, can get the win here. Um, Mainly due to, to Metcalf being out, Dalvin Cook being out, they're both two big outs for 
um, Dale's team. Who I, and I will say, I actually like Dale's team as a as a starting lineup. I think if his whole team is healthy, it's it's really strong. Um, and it's just that these bye weeks now is going to test, and the injuries are going to test his depth, which is probably his weak point at the moment. So I do like his team, but throughout these bye weeks and with a few injuries around, I'm going to go against him in this week and, and pick Ben to break the duck. I'm going to uh, go the other way again, go with my boy Dale. I saw him up close this week. I reckon he's, you know, it's, you're pretty stiff when you come up against me, particularly when I can put up second highest score of the round with no players. So I reckon he's going to be finely tuned. In I've probably played him into form. I reckon he gets the job done against Ben. Ben goes to 0-6 and, and the chance of us getting trade offers probably gets even, even lower, I reckon. <laughs> All right, next one. Um, Reese, my chubberts up against the informed Fitzy. <laughs> it's just a dishevelled team at this point. I just can't look at it without laughing. There's bye weeks everywhere. There's Seattle players everywhere. <laughs> Robert Tonkin's like the best player on the field. I can't. Oh, Fitzy, you're the best. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to say to that. Uh, it's it's funny because he just traded half his players to avoid this situation and is somehow in it again. He's gone out and got every player that's got a bye week to next week. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, look, I don't know. Can How, how strong is your curse-lifting abilities, Andrew? That's probably the big question on this one. Well, I don't, like, I don't think Fitzy's not without a shot here. Like, if you look at his actual starting lineup, um, you know, there's some plays that, you know, he could go off here. And then, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing a win for Fitzy, but <laughs> um, I don't have that sort of power. But, you know, the, well, I did, my comment was just the Fitzy juggernaut will roll on. Ooh. So, so your tips, your tips, Fitzy. What about you, Keeney? Well, you just at this point in time, I don't think you can actually bet against the curse. So, um, until it gets destroyed and beaten, I will continue to tip Fitzy. So, Fitzy, you're in again, mate. Aaron Rodgers, he's going to put up forty. Your boy Adam Thielen against Atlanta will put up another thirty. That should get you over the line. Adam Thielen may put up sixty in that game. I think it could just be. 80-yard touchdowns going back and forth. <laughs> I hope so. Um, I, I, it's, you guys have made it very easy for me to go three and I'll go against you because I'm just going to go with logic and pick the better team. So I'm going to go with, uh, with, with Reese. The only thing I would say is I see Kareem Hunt's questionable. What's the deal with that? Uh, just limited in practice. Okay, he's probably fine. Um, he's, just, he's had a pretty stiff run with injuries of recent times, but... I just go down the positions, Robinson up against Harris, um, you know, Hunt up against Mostert. Maybe that's not one's not that bad. Woods against Chanel. Um, it just, I just feel like a lot's got to go wrong to make this a level field. So. Robbie Gould against the bye. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, and for Reese, I mean, it's that win last week was so important for him. He goes to three and two. I think we reeled off the stats about three and two making the playoffs. And for him just to bank wins with McCaffrey sitting there and Chubb sitting there, um, and they'll obviously come back at some point. That's massive for him. Um, but just confirming, Steve, you are tipping against the curse. Is that is that right? 
I am. Okay. I think I play the curse in a couple of weeks, actually. So we should see how that goes. All right. And then the last one, um, and despite everything we've said so far about Camo, uh, it is the match of the round because we've got the top two undefeated Camo, who's weirdly projected to win. I haven't looked at this one yet, but yeah, that's right because Cam's got about five buys in his team. Um, against Cam, who's uh, four and one, but fresh off a 195. Thoughts on this one? Well, so he's put Cook straight into his lineup. Is he chasing the points or is he, um, do we expect Cook against Tennessee to have a decent week this week? Always risky, I reckon. But, I mean, what's his, what's his alternative there in the flex? That's the problem, I think. Like Zach Moss, nah, Jacob's on by, Kerryon Johnson, Killen Cole. So I think he's probably the most logical choice to put in there. Um, interesting with, with Cam, um, what he's going to do at tight end. I don't think fans are guaranteed to play this week. Um, and Terry McLaurin's got to be enticing against the Giants as well to start him. So um, looking forward to this, 5-0 and v 4-1. and one. Woo! Yeah, well, and top spot's up for grabs because if Cam wins, he's scored about 400 points more than Camo at the moment, so he'll clearly go above him. Um, so, yeah. There's also five players at the moment in the late Tuesday game as well. So this Ooh. one, kid, it's going to be alive on Tuesday, so we'll at least have something to root for. Yeah, this is this is it's good. I mean, when you've got these big games, and it's good of the NFL to come to the table and <laughs> schedule around the Ocho Bowl. Just when you've got a top of the table clash, we need the games to be played in prime time. So, we thank Roger Goodall for uh, meeting us halfway on this one. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what what Camo does with the Bills' defense. I'm not sure it's a wise move to play them against Mahomes, but um, we'll see what happens there. There's a few interesting matchups here, like. Kyle Amari against Dallas, um, that could be anything. That could be a 40-point shootout. Um, you know, Clyde with Madison gets a start against Atlanta. That could be another big matchup we talked about, the, the luck you got to have to have those kind of things go your way. Um, but on the other, other side of it, C.D. Lamb against Arizona looks pretty nice. Hopkins against Dallas looks really nice. Um, Zeke against Arizona, so this is this this shapes to me as a a high scoring one forty plus both sides matchup. I reckon just on or on Dallas. How do you think? Yeah, um, the red rifle taken over from Dak. Do you reckon that helps Elliot? They're going to run more, or do you reckon they'll get more stack boxes? Like I think it helps Lamb in that because he's an after the catch guy, so they're going to do a lot more short passing. I think, but. Um, how it affects some of the other players, I'm not too sure. Yeah, I, it's an interesting one. I think he's competent and he's clearly one of the best backups in the NFL. So I actually don't think the, the Dallas receivers take too much of a hit with, with the downgrade to Dalton. I mean, it is a downgrade, um, but I'm not sure it's a bigger downgrade as, as in other areas. Um, Zeke, yeah, you're probably right. Um, they'll probably stack the box a little bit more, but I just think... As I said, with that, with Dalton still being a threat, they they can't stack the box too much. He'll just throw it on them. Um, I think their receivers are are really good, um, and so if you play one on one against the receivers, they'll probably make you pay. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I don't. I, I still think Dallas um, 
fantasy players are very, very relevant um, going forward, even with Andy Dalton on the side. Yeah, well, it will be um, it will be interesting because it affects so many players because there's so many guys relevant. Even like the Dallas defense and things like that are all kind of wrapped up in in how that offense continues to go. Um, mm. And they seem to play. I guess that's just a division with a lot of fantasy players in it too. So, yeah, don't know. There's some teams that like the Chiefs are another example. Half their players are fantasy, and the teams they play against are constantly fantasy, and they just like in fantasy relevant matchups. Whereas there's some other teams that probably not so much. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, what's our tips on this one? I'm going to go with Cam. It could just be. It could just be. Uh, sorry, did you have an analysis as to why you went for Cam there? Not really. Just, I figured Cam's luck has to run out at some point. Yeah, and, and much like riding Fitzy in the curse, I'm going to keep riding Camo until he loses. So I'm going to go Camo here to go 6-0. and No idea why. You know, I think I'm going to do the same. And it's, it's, it's based against logic when I went with logic last time. But just if, if you're this lucky, yeah, your streak's got to... I'm going to wait till the streak rounds out before I, uh, before I jump ship. I, I learned I long ago, and even though there's absolutely no statistical reason for this. If you walk into a casino and there's been 15 reds in a row, do not bet on black. Just, just, just don't do it. Contrary <laughs> to, to common myths and beliefs. Yeah. I just, just don't, don't try and pick the end of a streak. Just let it end most and then worry about picking. Most people would, would go against that. I'm not yeah, one of Just, I don't know. I mean, if we're going to get really technical about casino and roulette tables, if I walk in and there's 15 reds in a row, there's a 50-50 chance which one's coming up next time or obviously take the zero out. However, if anything, it's probably more likely to be the table's weighted towards red or something. So don't try and pick against the, against the streak and I won't be in this case. I'm with you. Anyway, all right. Um, we don't have waivers through. So I reckon to wrap the show up today, why don't we just have a quick, we'll go around one prediction each on something that's going to happen on the waivers tonight. I can start us off while you guys think about it if you want. Um, my prediction is, I reckon inexplicably and for no reason that makes no sense, that Ben's going to chuck in some ridiculously big waiver bid on Chase Claypool just to get himself <laughs> another wide receiver that he doesn't know whether to start or not and still continue to not address his running back position. Yeah, um, off the top of my head, I had a similar one. Um, so, apologies if it's, if it's uh, if doubling up, but I was going to say I think someone will blow like 70% of their budget on Claypool this week. Whatever that is, I think it'll be a, a large percentage of their overall budget, remaining budget on him. Um, I'm just going to go with, look, just a like a dollar ten favourite, but Jared just... Bids on Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> There's a fair chance I'll bid on Benny Snell as well, just to <laughs> keep things consistent. All right. Well, we'll look forward to seeing the waiver wire. Obviously, we weren't able to digest it today due to the fact that the games were delayed by day and we've got a very, very demanding audience screaming for the podcast to come out. So, as always, we're servants to the people. Thanks very much. Good luck in your games this weekend, boys. 
Thanks, yeah, you too, Steve. Good luck, mate. <laughs> it's going to be a, a, a very uh, a very spiteful encounter. Grudge <laughs> match. All right, see you next week. See you, guys.